Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tia and Tehillim. I am honored and privileged to be on here with all of you tonight. Of course, you're all invited to have your Tehillim open and your favorite midnight snack. Let's begin Perek Kof Lamed Aleph. So in this Perek, David HaMelech shows us by example how to be humble. He knows the value of humility in Hashem's eyes, and his son Shlomo HaMelech says in Mishli, La'anavim yitain chen. To the humble, he gives favor. Hashem is looking at the humble people with favor. He is closer to them. He wants to listen to their tefillos. He wants to give them whatever they want. You know those people that everyone wants to be around? Everyone knows who I'm talking about. Those people that when they ask you for something, you jump to do it for them, even if you never liked doing that thing. And it's because they have a special chen, a special aura about them, that they know how to esteem themselves. They know how to view themselves. They know how to be in the world in a very balanced, comfortable place. They're not feeling like a nobody, and they're not feeling like they're better than you either. And this is the person who is, we learned a couple of classes ago that who is it nice, and Tov and Naim to be around, around the people who are Ma, Hine Matov Umanaim, the people who have that attitude that, who am I? Who am I? I, I you know, yes, I'm, I'm a somebody, but next to Hashem, who am I really? And just like other people like us, when we have this humility, Hashem loves us that way too. So humility makes us appealing to Hashem. And what greater benefit could there be to this nida? As kids, the concept of humility, I feel, is it ends up getting misunderstood because when we're children, we get taught in a very basic way, and we're not, we're not taught about it in a complex way. So we end up walking away from kindergarten and pre-1A thinking, and at least this is the way it was for me, that humility means I have to somehow lower myself, take away from myself, consider myself unimportant. But that hashkafa has dangerous consequences on our self-esteem. So instead, let's take a look at this parak, now that we're not in preschool anymore. Let's take a look at this parak where David delineates, David HaMelech shows us what humility is really comprised of. And we're going to learn here about the two essential elements, the two ingredients that make up true humility and how to integrate them into our lives in a very real way. And we're going to see that humility is not just a nice trait to have, but it encompasses everything we need to know about the total package of how we view ourselves. And in fact, it's an essential prerequisite for a happy, productive life. So it's way more than just a nice trait to have. So let's look inside Tarek Koflam at Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. Shir Hamalos Lodavid. Hashem lo gavali bi, the lo ramu enai. A song of a sense of David. Hashem, my heart is not proud, my eyes are not haughty. So something that one might be curious about here is that this paraclet talking about being humble and being small is starting with the word shir hamalos, a song of a sense. The, the program of shir hamalos are all about moving up, going up, uplifting ourselves. 
Shouldn't it start off here, the song of descent, since it's talking about humility? Another thing that's interesting is the seeming contradiction of the fact that this parak is about humility, and at the very same time, it basically what's going on here in this parak is that David is talking about his humility and extol, he's basically extolling his virtue, his virtue of being humble in this parak. So it's almost like if you're writing a paragraph about yourself and, you're, and it's entitled, I am so humble, and then you start talking about how you're the best cook and you're the prettiest lady in shul and you're such a good mother, and it's like, so what's going on here? This is something that always puzzled me. Like how it seems so off, so strange that he's humble, yet he's expressing how humble he is to Hashem at the same time. So what's going on here? So this, this is here specifically to teach us that although we grew up thinking that we could either be either or, either I think highly of myself or I'm humble, here David is setting the record straight. And he's saying, guess what? The very first thing that you need if you want to be humble is a healthy self-esteem. You need to have a clear knowledge of your abilities, to, of your ability to ascend, the song of ascent, your ability to ascend to the greatest heights. You need to know that you have limitless potential. You need to have an awareness of your unique traits and abilities and he's saying this is the first ingredient in hum- of humility. It's counterintuitive. We wouldn't think this is the case. But here he's saying, you see, I'm, I'm telling you in this parak all of my praises. These are the good things about me. Yet I could still be humble. And we're going to see how. And the reason that he is showing us this seeming contradiction is to prove wrong what we always thought to be, what we always thought humble was humble was. Now we're seeing that the first most important thing when it comes to humility is sheer hamalos, that, that, that sense of I'm, I'm, I'm elevated and I can go to endless places in my, in my lifetime. So self-esteem is the flower and the cake. It's the basis of humility. Okay, so why is this the case? How is this so? Let's explore this for a minute. So first of all, I told you, um, I think it was last class, I gave an example, or maybe two classes ago, I gave an example of a pushka. And I told you that when the pushka is full of pennies, there's a Yiddish expression that when the pushka is full of pennies, it doesn't make any noise when you shake it. But when there's one penny in the pushka, it makes a lot of noise. And this is really illustrating this point very well that when we're full and content and when we are able to be the source of our own approval, then we could be humble. But if we're not and, we, and we, we don't, we're not feeling in a good place of our, in ourselves, we need to be a Balgaiva because we have a lot to prove. Okay? And, this, and another thing is, how, why else? What's the second reason that I'm going to be saying? The second reason that I'm going to tell you about why self-esteem is the basis for humility is as follows. Being aware of our greatness allows us, is what allows us to be in the humble space of gratitude. Humility and gratitude come hand in hand. You don't have one without the other. So if I want to be grateful, then it makes sense 
right? If I want to be humble and grateful, it makes sense that I first have to be in touch with the greatness of who I am. Because otherwise, what am I thanking Hashem for? What am I feeling humbled about? Thank you, Hashem, for making me into a piece of junk. So I, in order to be in that place of real humility, I have to have what to be humble about. So we have to understand that humility sounds, sounds like a voice of amazement. It sounds like awe. Something like when, when you, so when you see like, let's say, for example, you see that you're good at something. Humility sounds like, Hashem, look what you gave me. You gave me seichel and creativity to be able to build a business or to be able to teach a class or to be able to write an article or to be able to communicate with someone effectively. Or Hashem, thank you. You gave me the ability to be a calm, patient mother. Wow, other people have such a hard time with this. Other people struggle with this so, so much. And Hashem, not only did you give me my health, and all the necessities that I need, you also blessed me with this, and what did I even do to deserve it to begin with? This has to be, our, this is a, the voice of humility. This is, um, this is what I just told you is showing, is describing a person who has a healthy self-esteem, who sees clearly, yes, I am a calm person, I am a patient person, I am a creative person. They know exactly what they are, and they're channeling it into this unbelievable gratitude. David says in Parakuf Memvav that we also we learned together. He says Azamar lelokai ba'odi. So here he's using an, uh, uh, he, he takes this pasuk also to explain this point. Azamar lelokai ba'odi means I think I think Tashem the odi the ode with the ode with the more with the extra that I have with the amazing unique extra talents that Hashem endowed me with. So David is saying you have a chiyuv to stay aware and cognizant of all the good stuff that makes you who you are. You can't say, you can't, you don't have a right. You have no right to say, who am I? Nah, let me be humble. I'm not really good at this. I'm not really good at that. Nah, I'm not going to pay attention to my milos. It's the opposite. You have a chiyav to praise Hashem and be the best Eved Hashem you can be with all of your unique talents and abilities that were given to you specifically for this reason. So the message of humility, is, it, it, it's extra strong because it comes from David HaMelech. It doesn't come from a regular person. It comes from the king of all of Kuala Yisrael the king who conquered the mightiest emperors in the world, who was anointed as the king of Israel, who was killed, who killed the giant Goliath, among many other accomplishments. Yet, he was able to banish pride from his heart. He was able to be humble. So how did he do this? What was his big trick? How could you be the king and have Hashem do so many miracles for you and at the same time be so humble? So the Zohar says, that what did he do? How did he accomplish this? As soon as he started feeling inclined in the direction of haughtiness, the slightest bit, he was he was mindful of that and he used that feeling as like a as like a stop as like a not a stop sign, a turn signal. And he used it as a signal to tell him to turn, to pivot. 
and to fill himself instead with awe and fear of Hashem. And he would think during those moments about how tiny his intellect was in comparison with the vastness of Hashem and his Torah and how everything that he has and everything that he accomplishes is all reliant only on Hashem. And this, my friends, is the second ingredient that is necessary for our humility cake, pie, cupcake, whatever you want to call it. This is the second ingredient, the concept of knowing how tiny I am at the same time that I have self-esteem and that I know exactly how great I am and I know that I have limitless potential and unbelievable value, at that same time I have in mind that I am tiny next to Hashem and I am nothing without Him. So those two ingredients together that create the healthy humility that we need to have a healthy, productive life. And the thing is, what I just told you um, about David Amalach, David Amalach is showing the fact that he uses these moments where he starts to feel a little haughty, and he again and again, he pivots and he turns, and he turns his mind to his Yerush Shemayim, that is what we call the Hashemosa El He returns the Ki Hashem Hu He turns to he he turns to constantly put it on his heart again and again to return it to his heart. Not just once. It's not enough to say one time. Okay, I'm I'm going about my business and I'm just going to say one time that it's all from Hashem and then I'll just you know I'll just store from there. No, at every step on your trajectory you need to be able to remind yourself where this is all coming from. Okay. So if you think about it, ingredient number two of Yerushalayim that we just described really complements our self-esteem in a beautiful way because what it does is it protects us from attributing our greatness to ourselves and it makes our self-esteem, it turns our self-esteem from uh, a self-serving ego type of thing, and instead it makes it, the Yerushalayim makes it a catalyst for more and more gratitude to Hashem. It creates a situation that the greater I feel about myself, not, it's not that I feel greater about myself and I'm extolling myself more. The greater I feel about myself, the more I'm going to praise Hashem. So it makes the self-esteem into a really holy, beautiful thing. I do not aspire to things that are beyond me. Okay, so this is referring to the fact that David was not upset by the fact that his son Shlomo Amalek was going to be the one to get to build the Beis HaMikdash and not him. Also, it could mean that he didn't try to understand Hashem's ways. He went through a lot in his life, a lot, a lot of difficulties. And he didn't tr- demand to understand the ways of Hashem. He stayed in his lane. This is what I tell my children all the time. They're butting into each other's business. Stay in your lane. He didn't get involved in Hashem's business. He didn't get involved in other people's business. He was a Sameach Bechalko. So how did he achieve this? How did he achieve that every day of his life was full of suffering, and yet he says the words, Kosi Rivaya, my cup is overflowing. How is that possible? And, and this is exactly why I'm here with you tonight. 
it's possible to live this beautiful, happy life no matter what's going on through self-esteem and Yerushalayim, the things that make up humility. Self-esteem, how does self-esteem make him happy with what he has, make him a Sameach B'chalko and not question Hashem and not be upset that his son is getting something that he's not getting? So think for a minute about a restaurant. When you first go, you go to a restaurant, you're hungry after a long day, you sit down with your family. Doesn't this sound nice right about now? You sit down with your family and you're waiting for the, you know, you know, you're waiting for the waiter like Mashiach, you know, when you're starving. And you're sitting there and you see that the people next to you, they got their steak and, and you didn't get it yet. And, 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 and it's like, it's not sitting well with you. What do you mean? We came first. They came after us. What happened, right? You can't, you can't deal with it. But somehow when you're on that full stomach and you finish your meal and you're ready to leave and you're walking out and you see somebody getting steak at a different table, oh, I'm so happy for them, right? The food was so good. It was delicious tonight. So that's the muscle that I'm using here to describe the fact that when we are content inside of us with who we are, we're never going to be looking elsewhere. We're, we're going to, he was okay, yes, my son can build the base on does. Hashem could do whatever Hashem does. I'm good. I'm good with myself. And the Yerushalayim, so that's the self-esteem ingredient. And the Yerushalayim ingredient helps because when a person has Yerushalayim, they don't have questions. They don't have questions for the greatest Supreme Court judge that there ever is. That there is. Okay. Pasuk Bez. But I have taught myself to be contented. The word shivisi here is from the word shavet, equal. What does David mean? What does he mean when he says I'm equal? Okay. So David epitomized, really, he epitomized the concept of shavet, of equal. And like we said, he didn't have one day without suffering. And yet when you read to him, you don't really see a parak that's all sadness. His, his general style of writing is to combine the description of his suffering, and he describes it intensely sometimes. And at the same time that he's describing his suffering intensely, he's expressing his hope, his trust in Hashem, and he's praising Hashem for all the good that he gives him. For example, in Parak Vav, it talks about the fact that David soaks his bed with tears, and then a few took him later, he starts talking about Hashem, that Hashem is always there to answer him, and Hashem is always there to defeat his enemies. Or in Perikof Lamed, Mimamakim Krasicha, he says, Hashem, I'm, I'm calling to you from my deep pain. And then a few took him later, what do we see? Kiem Hashem HaChesed, Hashem is full of kindness. Kivisi Hashem, Hashem, I put my faith in you. So his ability to do this, okay, it comes from this shaveh that he has, this equalness. And where does this, this, this equalness come from? It comes from a midah that he has that we learn about in the Chovot HaLavavos. I learned about this recently. It's called the midah of hishtava, okay, the midah of being in a state of emotional equilibrium. Hishtava comes from the root shaveh, equal. Okay? He had the midah of hishtavas, of being in a state of balance, in a state of equilibrium. Hishtavas means that whether somebody praises me or somebody, puts, or somebody criticizes me, I remain balanced. 
I, my inner strength is such that I don't get affected. I don't get crushed by criticism, and my ego does not get inflated by praise. And here with David, Hashem could send hardships his way, but he's okay anyways. He's in a stable, balanced place. He's able to balance his perception of his life. Why? Because his insides were balanced. He had the Mida of his Shabbos. So how do we attain this awesome Mida? Wouldn't it be amazing? Think about it. Wouldn't it be great if somebody was criticizing you and you were able to handle it in such a way? So how do we attain this Mida? So this Mida is attained through humility. Humility that is, com- that is comprised of the two factors, the two ingredients that we're bringing here tonight. So let's see how this works. So when I'm using the two ingredients of self-esteem and Yerashamayim, what happens when someone praises me? How do I react if I have those two ingredients? Then if someone's praising me, I'm not getting inflated. I'm seeing the praise as a direction to go in. If you tell me I'm good at a certain thing, well, now I know that that's the road I should go down in my Avodah Hashem. And now I know that I'm good at it and I should be machazic myself and I, I'm, I should get encouragement from the praise that you're giving me to be the best that I could be. That's the difference between when someone doesn't have a shtavos and they're praised, then what do they do? They, 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 they get inflated. When somebody does have a shtavos, they're able to use it as a road sign. Okay? And when somebody criticizes you, if you have this nida, if you have the humility, I know who I am, and I, 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 don't need, I don't need to impress anybody. I can, I, can only, I can focus only on what Hashem thinks of me while taking the parts that I feel are constructive from the criticism and using those to help me through life. I don't need to take all of it. I can take the parts that I feel Hashem wants me to take. I don't need to leave you to be a judge over me. Hashem is the judge over me. I have Yerushalayim, and I have self-esteem. Okay, so we spoke about... Um, these two ingredients, and we spoke about the combination of both, the hishtava. And now we're going to go back a little bit to talk about the second ingredient, the Yerushamayim aspect, our, our reliance on Hashem. So David says in the Pasuk, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child I am in my mind. So there's a few opinions here on what, what the gummel is. Rashi says that David here is saying the gummel is actually a nursing infant and that this, the same way that a, a nursing baby is reliant on its mother is exactly how much we rely on Hashem. Okay? So this is supposed to add to our knowledge and our, we, we should see this pasuk as reminding us how reliant we are on Hashem. The second idea that Rashi explains is that if you mix around the letters of the word gummel, you get the word golem. Golem is a shapeless mass of matter which lacks extremities. It has no arms or legs. And without Hashem, Rashi says, this is exactly what we are. We're good for nothing. So this is, again, here to put us, all here to put us in the right perspective, in the right mindset to being a humble person. Really, the way I see this pasuk is that it really encompasses both ingredients. It encompasses our value as people and our reliance on Hashem. Why? 
because David Amalek could have used a mashal, any mashal. He could have said, we're like a slave with a master. But he chooses to use the mashal of a little tiny infant nursing from its mother. To me, this, this, is, this is not a coincidence. This says a lot. What, who, who is more beloved in the world than a baby, a tiny infant, to the mother who's nursing it? Okay, maybe not at 4 a.m., but in general, right, who do we love more than that tiny little nursing baby? So David is saying here, you have unbelievable preciousness to Hashem. You are his beloved. And this is supposed to strengthen your self-esteem. Forget the fact that he created you and he put you here. Obviously, there's a good reason for that. Hashem doesn't make silly mistakes. On top of that, you're his nursing baby. You're his baby. So the value that we have and the preciousness combined here with the fact is combined here with the fact that we are super reliant on Hashem. So that, that, this really sums both of them up in a nutshell. Pasuk Gimel. Yachel Yisrael el Hashem, me'ataviyat olam. Yisrael, put your hope in Hashem now and forever. So now David is saying, okay, okay, Klael Yisrael, you see my mindset? You see where I'm at? You see how I'm viewing myself? Get on board. Yachel Yisrael, you too can be humble. If David HaMelech, as king of Klael Yisrael, can be humble with all of his accomplishments, Kal Vachomer, the rest of us, with effort, can get to this place. So to sum up, this parrot gives us insight into the recipe for true humility. To the extent that we are connected with our self-worth and that we stay grateful and indebted to Hashem who gave everything to us, that's how humble we're going to be we learned that achieving higher levels of humility brings us higher levels of hishtava, of emotional equilibrium. So before we learn some practical ways of achieving humility and emotional equanimity in our life, let's understand the benefits, the benefits to putting an effort to get to this place of humility and equanimity. The reason I like to talk about the benefits first, and I think it's important, for you, for all of us, when, before we decide to make a decision that we're going to try to work on Amida or try to get somewhere in life, it's always good to have that motivation because that motivation gives you a big head first. It gives you a huge push. When you know the reason, when you know why you want to get somewhere and you know what the positive outcomes are going to be, it helps you tremendously and it gives you a real incentive and a push to get there. So, the benefits of humility. Humility, like we said, is not just a nice trait. It affects every area of our life. And in order to understand how far-reaching its consequences are, and also for the purpose of seeing where we're holding on the humility spectrum, I want you to ask yourself the following questions. Correction, I'm going to ask you the following questions. And you don't have to get these all, answer these all to yourself now. You can always come back and listen to the recording. You don't have to drive yourself crazy to write them all down. But the following questions are going to give you a little bit of an idea of where am I holding on the spectrum of humble? No one's humble all the time. No one's humble at 
even if I'm humble in one situation, maybe I'm not in a different situation. So there's a big spectrum. So where am I on the spectrum? And through these questions, we're going to see all the areas, some, not all, we're going to see some of the areas that are affected by our, the way we view ourselves, if we're humble or if we're not. Okay? So consider these questions. Can you allow yourself to take risks and to risk failing in order to accomplish something important, like to go out on a limb, like putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way to make a friend or to apply for a job, for example? Do you believe in your ability to accomplish goals? Can you handle criticism and apply it constructively? Can you forgive others? Can you feel good for the happiness of others? And can you want that, do you want them to be happy? Do you wish happiness upon them? Are you grateful? Do you feel a feeling of gratitude to Hashem and to other people? Do you feel comfortable in social situations? Are you comfortable getting help or asking for advice? when you need it. That's major. They're all major. Can you see how these are all crucial life skills? And these are just some of the crucial skills that we need to live happy, productive lives and to have peaceful, happy relationships with others and with ourselves. So just finish off this piece, our ability you have to know that your ability to integrate all of these crucial life skills are dependent on you having a healthy view of yourself, which includes, of course, the two traits, the two factors, ingredients that we are discussing tonight. So how do we combine, now let's get real, how do we combine the two ingredients in the most ideal way so we can get to a place of humility, of equilibrium, and we could achieve all the benefits that I just said. We can achieve being able to handle criticism, to take advice, to take risks, to believe in our abilities. How do we get there? Okay, so picture for a minute like a, picture a seesaw. And you have kids on the seesaw, and when one kid is weighing down the seesaw, you've got to put maybe two kids on the other side to balance the seesaw out. You have to put more weight on the side that's lighter to balance out the seesaw. So replace the children in this mashal with our feelings. Our feelings need to be balanced out. We have to be mindful of where our feelings are because they are our guide. So the first step is, am I feeling too high or am I feeling too low on the seesaw? Where am I? Am I feeling good about myself or am I feeling down about myself? Once you know which feeling is heavier, then you're ready to do the work. Okay, so what's the work? If you're feeling overly good about yourself, you want to add more gratitude to Hashem's side. So you want to be like David, who constantly reminded himself of where everything came from in his life. You want to be able to pivot from, wow, I'm so proud of myself, to thank you, Hashem, for this ability. I am truly amazed and in awe of what you give me and, and, and what did I even do? Why did you even give this to me just out of your kindness? 
Okay? So this is what we do. We pivot. We turn our minds just like David HaMelech, and we do it. We do it over and over and over again. And this is a protection for us from, from self, from make, this, is a, this protects our self-esteem from turning into gaiva. What if I'm feeling low about myself? Okay, it happens to all of us at one time or another. So last week we spoke about the concept of putting effort into our life. And we said that putting effort into our life is the best way to really strengthen our self-esteem. In this case, I'm going to add to you, I'm going to add here another tool to your repertoire. And I'm going to tell you that if you're feeling low about yourself, you should start a confidence journal. Or like I always like to recommend, to start a note in your phone, in your phone, on your notes app called, um, you can call it whatever you want, but basically what you would write down here is every night you're going to write down two things two things that you accomplished. And for each thing, you're going to ask yourself, what did I accomplish today? Okay, that's number one. And number two, what does that accomplishment say about me? So, for example, and every night you're going to do this, and you're going to do it two things a night. So let's say maybe tonight I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to write down number one, and none of this is true, by the way. I made it up. I didn't make a yummy supper tonight. <laughs> I ordered takeout. But let's just make pretend. So my accomplishments for tonight is, number one, I made a yummy supper. What does this say about me? It says, and go all out. If you're feeling low about yourself, you've got to balance yourself out. So you've got to put a lot of weight here. So you want to say, it says about me that I'm a delicious cook and I'm a devoted mother, and my family is lucky to have me. And if you want to add another one, right, you should do too. So let's say, what did I accomplish today? I did an exercise class, which I didn't. Um, And this says that I am self-disciplined at taking care of my physical health. And this is really an incredible exercise for you to do because it puts you in the mind frame of constantly looking for the good in yourself over the course of the day. Why? Because you know you're going to have to make a din later. You know that you're going to have to answer up on your paper what your accomplishments are. So therefore, you're going into your day with the question of what am I doing right as opposed to what am I doing wrong? So, this is really an incredible uh, way of boosting your self-esteem in a healthy way, okay? If you're feeling really low, you might want to give yourself a boost and start off by writing a very long list of all of the past accomplishments that you could think of and what they say about you. And then go from there with the nightly maintenance of two things a night. So just to review the practical end of what we said tonight, um, of how we've come to a place of humility we get to that place by balancing, balancing our feelings of feeling overly good about ourselves with our feelings of feeling low about ourselves. And when we're feeling overly good, we want to make sure to recognize those moments and pivot and turn and, and, and attribute whatever good we're having to Hashem. Yes, you can feel good about it. Don't forget, 10 times a day at least, okay, I'm being a little extreme here, but 
how many times a day should you turn up and say, Hashem, thank you. Look what you gave me. How could this be? I'm so lucky. That has to be your attitude. That's the voice of humility. And the second thing that we said when we spoke, and then, and then when we spoke about when we feel lower about ourselves, we spoke about a confidence journal, writing two accomplishments a day, and saying what they say about you. Ladies, by doing all this, we are taking a lesson from David. We are getting to a balanced state of being where we're accessing our fullest amount of inner strength and personal well-being. Isn't that awesome? I'm excited. Good luck applying the principles. Thank you all for listening, and have a great night.